Hello, everybody. Welcome to North Point Plus. Um, this is episode 110. I am Sylvia Jarvis. This is Jake Howard. Um, Jake Howard spoke on Sunday. Um, but Jake, like you just said it like I wasn't right here. Like Jake Howard spoke on Sunday. This guy spoke this guy. on Sunday. Like you. So what else did you do in your weekend besides, <laughs> you know? Uh, I watched a lot of football. It's football. My Bengals were on on Sunday on TV locally here. And that was fantastic. I got to watch a Bengals game, um, which just reminds me like how frustrating it is to watch Bengals games. Yeah. Right. So like I think I'm really going to enjoy it. But my teams, I feel all like the stress and anxiety. It's like the only exercise I get with my heart rate. Mm. Um, and then, you know, everybody else's team, like I can enjoy regular college football or mm-hmm. NFL football on other teams. But, but when it's my team. You have to like check your heart rate on your watch. Does your watch ever tell you like, "Hey, calm down"? I turn that off. Oh, okay, after yeah. After a while, yeah, like <laughs> it's telling me it's not healthy. You see the doctor, and then I was like, yeah, "I'm just gonna turn that off." Nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what kind of football fan I am. Yeah, it's you know it changes every year, and maybe other, I think other people are like this too. Cause are you still a Burrow fan? Because no. he's uh, good looking. Nope. No. Nah, now I'm like you know the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift. Oh, my that I like that. I, I'm, it's all about like the drama. Jenna is cheering somewhere. I know. Right I know. Now. I wonder if she will watch this. So, but I don't actually care. Other than that, like it's more about. But I'll tell you what. His brother Jason. Jason. Yeah. Oh, love that guy. And he just came out with like a the the documentary. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I saw a video online where they said like like it was a girl. She, I know football and listed all these players because he's dating Taylor Swift because he's married to a TikTok person. Like, and I said, oh gosh, that's me. Like, that's the only yeah. football I know. Yeah. So my team changes all the time. So, so you are a, you're a Kansas City fan right now? Uh, I, a Kansas City I think Swifties. I'm, I think I have since I live in Michigan, I have to be a Lions fan. Which they're on fire right which now. Which is cool. Yeah. Like I do like yeah. that. Like I'm all it's about good time the story. To be a Lions fan. Yeah, like it's all about the story, but it changes all the time and um I don't know, even college football. Mm-hmm. I just talked to my husband last night. I said, "Have you heard of the Notre Dame cute uh quarterback?" <laughs> He was just like, no, I haven't. I'm like, well, let me show you this. Sam Hartman? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, man. You know what? You saying that, you've seen it too. That's all I, I need to confirm. I, I just, Ohio State no. played Notre Dame. I know exactly. I'm a junkie. I know exactly but, these college football But players. I have family members who really like Notre Dame, so I'm like, I, I kind of, like, I, you know, against that. But I'm like, you quarterback, though? Notre Dame is like the team every Midwestern school does not like. So you could be, like, for Ohio State, Michigan State, uh, that other team, or <laughs> – uh, Minnesota or whoever, yeah. and everybody doesn't like Notre Dame. It's like a universal thing. You but for different are reasons. Are not Notre Dame. Yes, I think for different yeah. reasons. Because my brother-in-law-ish, his sister played for Notre Dame, and so I'm oh. like for volleyball. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, like that's cool. And like I went to a Notre Dame volleyball game. It was like a lot of fun. So yeah. I'm. It's all about the relationships for sure. me. Like, well, I talked people. I talked to this uh, past Sunday. Uh, one of my coaches played at Notre Dame. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, you're that, like, that oh, that's cool, but like that's it. I draw the line. Yeah, no, like I like I like that guy, but I don't like Notre Dame. It's kinda my yeah. fandom is, is harsh. It's it runs deep. It's it's right there. Is there some hard dividing lines? Yeah. There. But that's okay. I think everybody's like that. Everybody has their Oh sure. You know it's like whatever. it's health what I heard it is uh healthy tribalism. Like there's a lot of things in our country, like people get like like they put their tribe in this camp on whatever it is, especially like politics. Mm. And like they become very divisive and angry and like demeaning towards other people. But sports, not that it doesn't happen, 
but it, it, there's a lot more avenues where it can be a healthier way oh, sure. to do it. You know what I mean? Sure. So like I can sit here and be like, yeah, I, I hate Notre Dame. They're the worst. Da, 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 da. I got a good friend named Kevin that I went to high school with. It's a super nice guy. Lives here in Michigan. And uh, I, I don't hate Kevin. I think Kevin's a great dude. Yep. Like, I keep up on Facebook <laughs> with his family. I want like I want joy and happiness yes. in Jesus in Kevin's <laughs> life. I just want Notre Dame football to lose all their games. Oh, like, my that's all gosh. Oh I think my that's gosh. healthy tribalism. This That got so deep so fast. It did. It did. <laughs> You started the podcast with sports. I, you knew what you were doing yes. to me in that moment. Well, I don't know. I said, how was your weekend? You could have been like, oh, I spent all the time with my kids. They were so yeah, that's, great. That's you true. said football. but yeah, I would have been a better person if I had said my kids. I love my kids for what no, it's you, worth. You, we're you, only like, what, five minutes into the podcast? So yeah. I love my kids. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you said it. Brownie <laughs> points are there. Brownie points. Okay. So what was your message about on Sunday to... You know, really just hard left back to where we should be. Yeah, well, speaking of unrelated transitions, yeah, we spoke about um, prayer uh, this past Sunday. So we continued on through Blueprints. Uh, we got into uh, Acts chapter 4, uh, picked off where Rick uh, did last week. I was actually, as we were in our planning meeting uh, for this sermon series here, I was actually really disappointed that I didn't get to speak last week um, and that Rick did because that is that is literally my favorite passage in the entire Bible, um, Luke or Acts um, 4, 19 and 20, specifically Acts four twenty. Um, because I love that story of, of Peter and John and, and going before the council and them slapping on their hand um, and threatening them, and they're like, Psh, no, we're, we're going to follow Jesus. Um, but I, I had not, until studying this, really made the connection with what happens next, with prayer, um, and that that was the reaction. They went back to, to their church, to the church family, because they had been arrested, and they're like, what happened? They tell them what happened. And like my natural instinct would have been to be like, oh man, it can't touch us, right? Like we're going to MC hammer this. There is no way you like that. There is no way. Like we're good here, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to beat these guys and be celebratory and like all geared up. And instead they were like, hey, let's pray because it's only going to get rougher. Mm. Like a very realistic viewpoint. And they weren't wrong. They were absolutely right in that. There was a lot of persecution that was still to come from them. Um, and I think that's just good leadership. Peter and um, John there, but I love they get into this prayer and it's, hey, God, we recognize following you is difficult. It's always been difficult. They, they were they were treated Jesus harshly. They've treated your people harshly. They're going to treat us harshly. And you know what? Embolden us. Like, don't let us fall down into this this trap of, of persecution. But, man, make us stronger so that we can spread your gospel and we know you're going to do incredible works. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, that is incredibly powerful to think because, man, I want more of that in my prayer life mm -hmm. where I'm asking God to embolden me for his will as opposed to, like, complaining about the stuff that I got going on. Not that God doesn't care about that. Like, we talked about mm -hmm. that, too. He cares. Um, so then we moved into the acronym, um, or acrostic, oh, not acronym, acrostic. Rooted. Uh, from rooted, but just to be fair, it's in rooted. I have seen it before yeah, no, outside you said of it. rooted. Okay, yeah, but a little rooted push and promo there because rooted has been fantastic. Really? I've heard a lot of really good stuff. I'm it's really great. glad. Um, so it's good. I'm glad it's going great in groups. But but the the uh, the acrostic P R A Y pray, uh, praise, repent, ask, and yield. Um, and what does that look like? And some different supporting verses and ways to do that. Um, and I think I love that acrostic um, because it is very easy to remember. Literally, you're praying. You just remember to pray. Yeah. And it gives you that format. So if you don't know how to pray or not feel confident in it, it's going to morph and change, and you don't have to do it every time, right? It's not like this is the way to pray kind of mm -hmm. thing. But I think those are important elements to prayer. Yeah. So then we kind of talked about that for a little bit. And um, yeah, overall, it was good, I think. 
Nice. <laughs> wow. I think. I don't know. We nice got book. three questions. You watched it, so. <laughs> so, um, uh, first question is communication is such an important part of worship. Communication? <gasps> Communion. Oh, yeah, my gosh. It's, you want to know why I wrote communication? Because I wrote prayer, communication is key, you know? Oh, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Uh, communion is such an important part of worship. Why doesn't the worship team share in breaking bread with the rest of the congregation? Yeah, this is a really good question. And I actually talked to Jamie today about this, and I was like, Jamie, why doesn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, did like, you really? <laughs> no, I didn't yell at Jamie about this. I think this is a great question. And uh, I remember when I talked with Jamie about it, she was actually really thankful because uh, she was like, that's so cool that people like notice the worship team and oh. care about the worship team. Yeah. And like us getting to do communion. Like, yeah, it's really cool. She was actually really touched by that, which is great. Um, and the reality is they do communion. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do it a lot uh, during the service time with the entire congregation. They actually do it on their own, mm-hmm. um, usually like beforehand or between services or those kinds of things. They have done it with the congregation yeah. before. Um, the reason is, um, in my mindset, is I think they're actually being pretty loving and sacrificial in how they do that. So, um, for instance, like, uh, not to do my own horn, I guess, but the, um, this past Sunday, we were a little low on um, the elements for communion, mm. and we knew that coming into the service. And so typically, like, when I, like, I speak or if I'm in both services, I take communion twice. Okay. Um, but I didn't during first service, and I waited in second service before grabbing my stuff because I wanted to make sure there was enough for everybody to be able to take part and be a part of it. I didn't want to take when somebody else couldn't take, like, that, that piece of it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and I think there's a pretty good biblical principle. Like when Paul talks about taking communion and he scolds the church Mm -hmm. that was doing it wrong, he basically told him like, man, you're so greedy um, when you're doing the communion meal because they would actually do a full-blown meal. He said people are arriving early or or people have money that can get there early and they're like eating everything up and getting drunk and Mm -hmm. like all this stuff and you're taking it in a bad heart Mm -hmm. and you're taking it away from other people. Mm -hmm. Like other people can't be a part of this. Like you're taking that experience away from them. Um, And he said that's why some of you are getting sick and some of you aren't getting healed and dying. It's like, this is a really big deal. Hmm. You know, you have to have the right heart, the right posture coming into this for what it is. And so, um, I think like in my perspective, at least when the band is not taking it with us as a church, I think they're actually being pretty loving and sacrificial because Mm -hmm. they want that experience for the church to be so good. Mm -hmm. They don't want it to be a distraction. So they're actually serving us in that time, but they make sure to take time to do it on their own. And um, and it's an important piece of that as well. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's wrong either way. Um, They are doing it, you know, whether they do it on their own in the section, they do it with the church. I think it's probably, there's a greater element to donor with the church. And I think talking with Jamie, she was like, yeah, that's, we probably haven't done it. Like as a church here lately, uh, like with everybody just off right. the side, we probably should do that more, um, which is cool. It's just good, right? Like we yep. want that family feel. We want that, and I think there's that's a good biblical idea. So, but they are doing it. <laughs> they are they are doing it. But I do think, and like Jamie said, like this is a really good reminder. There's an important piece of doing it as the church. Yep. Even like I think there's a good balance between the two there. So it's always looking at those things, but that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's good. They don't want them to get left out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so second question: Does Matthew seven? Uh, seven through eleven mean God will give me whatever I want if I have enough faith. Who submitted that question? The faith genie. Faith genie. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was fun. That was fun. Oh, I got they spelled genie too. I know. Yeah. 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 That's good. Uh, yeah. So let's read that verse um, a little bit because if we're gonna talk about it, we should probably read it and look what Scripture actually has to say. Uh, we read this yesterday. It says this. It says uh, this is Jesus talking. It says, "Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you." For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. 
Uh, or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, I love that, uh, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Uh, so the question there was, does this mean that God's going to give me whatever I want as long as I have faith? Um, and the short answer is no. It does not actually mean that. I can totally see you reading that where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, but like this is the prescription. This is the how-to format for that, like the wiki how. I can just read this, do these steps, and then there you go. Um, no, this is not it. This is not a uh, how-to-get-what-you-want cheat code um, by any means. This is uh, a part of Jesus' teachings on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so it's kind of wedged in there with a bunch of other topics there. I actually believe the Sermon on the Mount is kind of a sum- summization, summarization how do we say that word, mm-hmm. um, of a lot of Jesus's teachings kind of just packed into the writing. Um, so they kind of summarized it for the main points to be able to, to know and spread within uh, the story of Jesus. And so um, earlier in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus had laid out a template for prayer, the Lord's Prayer. We're all pretty familiar with that. If you're not, uh, read it. It's really good. Um, and he's kind of given that template. Um, and now he's discussing prayer again, but he's actually trying to emphasize a few different things. He's not giving a template here, um, but rather he's giving a teaching. Um, and he uses three phrases in there, ask, seek, and knock. Um, and I think he's trying to, once again, go to kind of a posture of prayer. You know what we talked about a little bit um, yesterday. And I think he's basically saying, hey, come to God with humility and awareness of your needs. That's the asking portion. When you ask, like, come to God with humility and awareness of what it is that you actually need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think seek is to pursue the will of God. What is it, God, that you want in this? Like, seek out that will of God and then mm-hmm. knock, um, I think, is the repetitious piece of, like, keep doing it. Like, you're knocking at the door. Why are you knocking at a door? Because the door hasn't been answered yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, keep on knocking until somebody gets to the door, right? Um, I have uh, toddlers, and when doors are locked, they will <laughs> bang that thing down until I get them a snack. Yeah, they right? mean business. They get it. They they definitely ask, seek, and knock. Mm-hmm. So, um, And then the other part of that that he talks about in that passage is this idea of gifts. And it's really to show the idea that God does truly know what is best. And that his provisions are good, that they're better than we can give. Mm-hmm. I, I love he's like I laughed in there. He says, you who are evil, um, he's not like taking a slam at that. He's just saying, look, in comparison to God, you are not good enough. Think of how good God is. Mm-hmm. You aren't anywhere near on God's level, and you know how to give good gifts. Think about the God of the universe yeah. and how good his provisions are. Yeah. I think that's what Jesus is actually trying to get across there. It's not a, a how to get what you want if you have enough faith mm-hmm. component uh, because that faith works in conjunction with the will of God. Mm-hmm. So like all of that comes together, but he's just kind of talking a little bit more, I think, about the posture of prayer. Okay. Well, and and on Sunday, you kind of said something too, um, like you struggle with mm asking yeah. for help and some and that's why like I was writing like prayer is communication and we say all the time that communication is key and within relationships mm-hmm. and yeah. so I guess just to throw a question at you like what makes it like you already said like I don't know if it's like the guy in me like I don't want to ask yeah. for help but yeah, what yeah. do you think is so hard for people when it comes to prayer because we know that prayer is important we know that prayer is communication mm-hmm. and how to build a relationship but what what do you think makes it so hard sometimes? yeah i think a piece of it is um like we're talking right now and i can make eye contact with you yeah you know i could facetime my wife right here um and she wouldn't love it because we're recording um but i could see her yeah. you know or i could call her and i could actually hear her audible voice yeah we don't get that in prayer mm-hmm. right like we get the spirit of god moving within us mm-hmm. um and don't get me wrong, I think you can definitely hear. Um, and I think the more time, the beautiful thing is the more time we spend in prayer and the more time we spend in God's word, what we learn is what his voice sounds like. Mm-hmm. You know, if your mom called you on the phone right now from, you know, 
from whatever weird number and it popped up looking like spam, but you answered it, you would know instantly that's your mom Mm -hmm. because you've talked to her so often. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a piece of that when we talk talk about trying to hear the voice of God, that's a powerful piece of prayer. Mm -hmm. It's that communication piece and then that yielding to hear back and all of that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a that's a big piece of it. Um, so what would you encourage people? Like if somebody's coming to you like, Jake, oh my yeah. gosh, like I'm just struggling yeah. with Prayer. praying pray. and yeah, or like yeah. I, I'm doing it, but I don't know if, I don't know if it's working. I don't know if yeah. it matters. Yeah, so I, I would say that acrostic is really helpful mm-hmm. as far as like a format. Praise, um, repent, ask, and yield. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I, I still do from time to time and I had done for, for a long season of my life um, was when I would pray, I would just picture God in a room. It's kind of an empty chair kind of format, um, which changed the way that I prayed, like the words that I would use. um, And and, uh, uh, it actually, in some ways, it made it a little bit more casual, but probably more genuine, more Mm -hmm. than casual, actually, um, because I would just be talking to, picturing God in in a chair Mm -hmm. and just talking to him about what's going on or what I needed or what I felt or what I was struggling with. Um, I would praise him. I would repent to him. But like having that visualization that I'm there, um, I'm not big on closing my eyes when I pray. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my mind wanders more so. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I'm weird like that, I guess. But when I do, um, I I try to picture myself literally laying down at the throne of God Mm -hmm. uh, on my face at his feet. Um, And what's funny is like we only have like these visualizations in our own head. Oh, yeah. Um, Like I literally like when I picture there, like like big God, like huge Mm -hmm. and. Uh, I can't see above his kneecaps, <laughs> right? Because it's like God is so big and, and like yeah. majestic and powerful and up there. Like I'm not even worthy enough to look up at his yeah. face, let alone how big and glorious he is yeah. and all this other stuff. Kind of like those cartoons. Yeah, I don't know if that's what it is, right? Like it's just that in my head. So I'm not saying that's like theologically no. correct no. by any means. Right. I'm just telling just you, you how my warped mind works. Well, and like I've said it before in the podcast too, I know, and I talked about it with my life group when we were doing the prayer experience and everything, yeah. that I do something similar. Like I saw it online once where somebody said like I create like it's almost like an experience like I and either close your eyes or don't however uh, best you visualize it but it's like a house or like you go to the same house every time you take the same walk or whatever and that helps me because my mind like I my mind wanders so bad like I've got a million thoughts going on all the time and um I don't know sometimes I think that that helps me because I'm focused yeah I'm focused on you know this is what I'm doing. I'm here to do this. Like, I don't know. So yeah. and I think and I don't think it's wrong to have like uh, shorter brief conversations with God about stuff as right. they come up. Like, Hey, I'm just right. gonna, guys, I just want to bring this to your attention. I just want to talk about this for a second. I just want to, want to praise you. I just want to repent. I just want to, or if you're hurting, ask, like, and you're just calling whatever. Out. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think it's, it's like gotta always be this huge thing, but no. I think if your prayer life is always small prayers and mm-hmm. there's never time for the big, longer prayers, yep. there's probably a piece that's missing there. Yeah. You know, uh, I just try to think of an intimate relationship. If all you have are brief social interactions with somebody, there's not as much depth. Um, and I think it's probably true a little bit with God in that. Like you, yeah. it's, it's good to have the small things. You know, you probably with your husband, you have lots of small conversations throughout the day, but there's times you sit down and connect. I think it's probably good to have with God as well. Um, yeah. Another thing just to mention when we're talking about prayer, um, a thing that's just kind of been more eye opening in my life here recently. And part of it's coming out of rooted um, is genuinely praying with somebody else. So like I've been in plenty of settings where like, you know, there's a room full of people and we pray and whoever wants to pray or this or that. But really, like only like w- one or two other people and praying about something mm. to me that that actually feels even more intimidating for some reason. Um, yeah. But man, I've really enjoyed that when we did Rooted 
in the prayer fasting experience, we broke off as couples and I got to sit down for an hour and just pray with my wife. Mm -hmm. And we just made a list of things to pray about. And went back and forth on that list. She would pray. I would pray. She would pray. I would pray. And man, that was incredible, incredible experience. Um, not only did it like, like it was just cool to feel like I was connected with my spouse before the throne of God together, Mm -hmm. like something we did together. Um, I mean, it felt powerful. It felt real. And hearing her pray fed into my soul, Mm. right? Because she thinks and prays and views differently than I do. Yeah. And it was, it was opening for me and worshipful for me and helpful for me. Um, so I don't know. I, that's just the cool thing, you know, yeah. uh, as you're thinking about praying, like finding somebody else to pray with, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a friend, mm-hmm. um, and just doing that from time to time can be really cool too. Yeah. And man, does it sound like Rooted has a lot of good experiences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all experiencing. It is a cool thing, man. It is it a cool is. thing. I do really like it. Yeah. Um, so question three. Yeah. When Jesus prayed to the Father in the garden, how could they have different wills if they're both God? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that mean that there's disunity in the godhead wouldn't this support unitarianism yeah unitarianism uh what's unitarianism sylvia hold on uh denies the doctrine (laughs) yeah i was gonna (laughs) say i have the answer (laughs) take it away jake so if you don't know unitarianism and there's no reason for you to probably be fully aware of this um it denies the doctrine of trinity um the trinity says that uh God is three, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and that there is one God. Uh, that's the best way to kind of define it in there. The, the Unitarianism would say that that's not the case, um, and that Jesus was uh, inspired by God for his teachings, and that he would be the Savior of mankind, but he is not equal to God. Um, there's not a good argument for that in Scripture. Like, that's not at all what Scripture shows us. Like, again and again, we see times when Jesus said, I am the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He accepted worship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that would have been, and, and that was one of the reasons that the Pharisees and the religious got so mad at him because yep. he was claiming to be God. Like, his enemies clearly understood Jesus was claiming to be God. Mm-hmm. His followers understood that Jesus was claiming to be God. Um, you can still deny that, right? The Pharisees denied it and had him killed. Um, but it doesn't make it less true. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's Unitarianism. It's it's not it's a it's a false false doctrine. Um, but let, let's look at the passage here, kind of what they're talking about. Jesus praying in the garden once again. Let's go to scripture um, and actually read what it says. Uh, so Luke twenty two forty two, Jesus is uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's got uh, his disciples there with him. His closer guys closer to him, and he goes to pray before all the things that are about to happen in, in the arrest, the trial, the crucifixion, the death, all of that. Um, and this is Jesus's prayer, the son's prayer to the father. He says this, verse 42, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So the question that we had there is, hey, um, why would Jesus pray like to God and the mm-hmm. father this way and say, like, take this cup from me? They have differing wills. Yep. Like, wouldn't he just be in the will of God? I think the most beautiful thing, important thing to notice here in verse 42, immediately Jesus starts out and he says these words, Father, if you are willing, mm-hmm. right? He starts his prayer saying at the very beginning, God, if you are willing, Jesus is in submissive harmony with God the Father. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no division here. There's no division whatsoever. Like, he's immediately the very first thing, hey, what you want be done first. Mm-hmm. Like it, this is this is what you want. Um, he yields to the plan of the Father, but in such a way that Jesus is in harmony because Jesus does want to redeem mankind. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus does want to defeat sin. He wants the things that they they as God 
one God, are trying to accomplish here. He wants to put an end to the curse. So then why, if he's yielding to the Father's will, in his own will, in essence, uh, why does he actually ask for this cup to be removed? Like, why even pray that Mm -hmm. in the first place if you're in harmony and want this to be done? Um, I think it it ultimately boils down to to a couple things. One, um, Jesus is perfect and holy. Right. There is no sin. He's sinless in every way. Um, if you look at 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says this about Jesus when he died on the cross. It says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Talking about Jesus, that Jesus took sin upon himself so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. So it's saying that when Jesus went to the cross as this perfect, sinless being, mm-hmm. 100% man, the God-man, 100% God, like the God-man, sinless, goes on the cross and bears the sins of mankind. He has sin on him for the first time ever there. That's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Perfection is blemished and takes the blemish willingly. Our blemishes upon himself because of his love for us and desire to break the curse that sin has on its stronghold of our life. And he does this. So my question is, is it right or wrong for Jesus to not want to have sin on himself? Hmm. Like when you stop and think about it that way, yeah. it would be weird for Jesus to say, oh, no, I'm in. Like, give me some more of that sin, right? Yeah. Like we would feel really weird about that. Mm-hmm. And we would feel weird like if Adam did it in the garden before Adam had sin. If God was like, don't do that. And Adam was like, man, but I got to get me some sin, right? Yeah. Right. You yep. know, that's that's not cool. Ultimately, they did land there. Right. And that mm-hmm. was the, the downfall. Um, but Jesus is recognizing to no fault of his own, but he is taking on the burdens of mankind's sin. Mm-hmm. He's going to have sin on him. And that's a big deal for God. Yeah. Like we downplay how big sin is. Yeah. And the effects of it, because we are numb to it and so used to it and, and littered with it. Mm-hmm. We're being sanctified. We're being made more to the image of Jesus as we repent and turn from sin and turn towards him. But this is the holy, perfect God who has had no fault in him or on him mm-hmm. forever and has always been, right? There was no beginning. And at this moment in history, he takes sin. So for him to say, look, I don't want that. That's right. Mm-hmm. That is the absolute res- right response for a perfect and holy God to say, I don't want sin on me. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, according to your will, take this cup from me. I don't want this sin, but I'm willing to do it if it's if it's what's best. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's the perfect, perfect part of, of when we talk about the acrostic, P-R-A-Y, mm-hmm. of asking and yielding. He's yeah. sandwiched between this two yields, this, this beautiful, correct ask. Mm-hmm correct ask like hey uh, god i i am on board with what we want to accomplish i do not want sin on me but i will do it because i want to defeat sin Mm -hmm. i love our creation and i want to put this curse to bed that's incredible well it's a good way of putting it like i don't think i ever would have thought about it that way because like i think i've had this question too like i think a lot of people have had that question but when you stop to think about it it's like oh wow yep nope (laughs) <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so that that's one way. I do think there's physical aspects that come to it of the pain and the suffering. Like it's, all of that is normal. Oh, yeah. There's the humanity in Jesus. So yep. that, that is a component. Yep. Um, but I think when you're talking about um, Unitarianism here, yes. Like in this this piece of it, like yes. that is an important thing to recognize. No, Jesus's response to having sin cast upon him is the right response in this yeah. moment. Yep. And in the right way and, and everything. The, like like, like everything, the great example. <laughs> everything about Jesus' response is absolutely perfect there. Mm-hmm. And it's just that reminder of, man, nope, his ways and his thoughts are way beyond me. Um, because I, I had to do some digging and some studying to look at that. And when it was revealed to me, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. 
gosh, I love Jesus even more. Because <laughs> yeah. goodness, is that such a good response to sin? Like I, I wish I had that much disdain for sin. Mm-hmm. But he has total disdain for it, and so much love that he willingly took it. Oh, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, up. I am. I'm like worshipful right now. Yeah, thinking about that. Yep. Well, is there anything that you wanted to add that you didn't get to say in your sermon, or? Oh man, because um, I mean, you could, we've talked about a lot, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that there was a ton. Um, you know, we went. It was yeah. one of the longer services that um, I got to be a part of with communion and everything like that. Oh. We were like at a full, yep, seventy, which is cool. Like that's great. We want to be between that sixty and seventy mark. Yeah, and um, we had a lot going. It was really fun. Um, and, I, and I teased with Jamie after the first service, and I was like, well. You know, nothing like uh, having a Debbie Downer there at the end. Like, we're so used to, like, we praise, we worship, we sing at the end, you go on out on this high note. Um, and it was very somber coming yeah. in there, which was appropriate. I don't mm-hmm. think it was wrong or anything like that. Right. Just different. And so yeah. you're laughing about just the different feelings that you have with that kind of thing. Yeah. But it was cool. I, I got to sit in there a little bit, and, and I prayed and um, used that same acrostic and just kind of listened to my church family. Um, and looked around, um, and to see people on their knees, mm-hmm. um, to see people really praying, taking that moment in, some people weeping, some people praying with other people. Like, it was just that thing of just like, man, God's spirit is so good. Mm-hmm. And prayer is so, so powerful. Um, and it's such a great, great thing, a great habit to have in our lives. So, you know, if prayer is not something that you've um, dug into or paid much attention to, it will be life-changing um, yeah. if you choose you choose to take that step and make that a part of your life more. Yeah, I saw something once online too that it like had a picture of like a plant and it said like if this is your faith, like watering it is prayer mm-hmm. and then without prayer, the plant dies. Like yeah. your faith dies like yeah. without prayer because you're not feeding into yeah. it. So it's such a big part of our lives. So it's one of those things where I like having questions about it because if people are struggling or like they're like, I don't even know how to do this. Like if they're yeah. new, like it's yeah. like this is a big part. So we do want to explain it and everything, yeah. but... Well, thank you for answering all these questions yeah, and of course. all of that good stuff. Um, if anybody has questions, you we have it on the app. You mm-hmm. submit a question. Um, we don't. I was going to say there's no dumb questions. Um, I could come up with a few. Yes, that's what I thought was going to yeah. happen. So, but we're just if you have a question, you know, send it out and we'll try our best to answer it. So, but thank you for watching, sticking with us. Like, share, comment, all that. Sign yes. up for uh, Fall Fun Fest. Yeah, please. Sign up for Fall Fun Fest. We're doing yeah. really good with volunteers yeah. right now, but I want the momentum to keep yeah. going. Donate so. some candy if you can't volunteer, or you know, but be sure to volunteer and be a part of that. It's going to be a fantastic week, and yeah, people in the community are going to be a part of this. And yeah, we this is our home, cool. and we get to you know, Showed I put that off. in the email. I'm like, yeah, like, let's be good hosts and yeah. hostesses. So hostesses. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm thinking like a, like a King Dong or a Twinkie. Or oh Sorry. my gosh! I know. That, no. I help it. Okay. Thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs> See you on Sunday.